Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody that is tuning in. Go check us out on our YouTube channel, the Big Honker Podcast. It's super easy to find. And uh, the season one of the first family of waterfowl is up there now. So go check it out. We did four episodes and we start filming season two here pretty quick. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Pacific Calls. I'm telling you what, they make the best my favorite call that I've ever blown in my entire life, the BA. It's sitting here right next to me right now. It's short, it's compact, and it is a screamer. The BA Lesser call is my favorite ever of all time, period. If you shoot lessers, little geese, or whatever, I highly, highly recommend that you get one of these. They've got a bunch of new calls for 2022. They've got the BBG. It's a board out uh, honker call. They've got the BBS. It's a board out speckle belly call, and they've still got the 530, which is my favorite speckle belly call. You can't beat it. And uh, the guys over there at Pacific Calls, Trevor and Alex, world class. They were uh, selling a lot of calls at Game Fair and also giving away a lot of calls to uh, young hunters and little kids. So they are incredible individual, and the waterfowl world needs more people like them. So go check them out and use our promo code. BHP 25. It is 25% off of whatever you purchase. You're not going to find that anywhere else. So it is a great deal that you need to go take, take advantage of right now. Type it in at checkout. BHP 25. Save you 25% at checkout. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Mr. Alex Langbell has spent his life in the uh, paramedics, first responders world, and he has built a company revolved around keeping your gun dog safe. There is a field trauma kit that I think every hunter needs. Uh, it's light, it's compactable. It can fit in your blind bag or in your truck or backpack or whatever you use to take out in the morning. Uh, it's got everything you need. Stop bleeding, stay warm. Uh, it comes with uh, a little stapler. So if you get a real nasty cut on your dog or whatever, you can at least, uh, stop the bleeding and get them somewhere. Also, there is the quick release system, which I think every dog needs to be tethered. No matter how qualified your dog is, all it takes is one little accident and, it's a bad, bad day for everybody. He's got a ton of other products. He's got collars. He's got check cords that he makes, hand makes himself, water bowls. Um, he's even got a nifty little water system that uh, you can take out in the field to hydrate your dog. So check them out. Gun Dog Outdoors. Take care of your four-legged hunting buddy because they take care of you. Also, we're brought to you by Boss Shot Shells, the best shot shell that's on the market right now. It's copper-plated bismuth, hits like a freight train, and you're going to go down two sizes. So if you're shooting a two in steel, you probably need to be shooting a five in boss. Personally, I shoot the two and three quarter inch three five blend. It's the way to go. It is everything that you need in a shotgun shell. Um, if you're shooting the big boys, you might want to bump up to the three inch three five blend. But either way, you cannot go wrong with boss shot shells. They're the best guys that are on the market. We spent a weekend with them at Game Fair. And let me tell you, they can move some product. So if you need some shotgun shells, go to Boss Shot Shells straight to your door. There's no middleman, so you're getting a great deal on your shotgun shells. Best hoodies in the market? Best hoodies on the market, best shirts. What's the new bag coming out they got? Uh, I'll let them release that, but it'll be a nice little money bag. BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the best silhouette that's on the market. We got a little common thread here, Jeff. We get all the big boys, the people that are making the, the good products, um, makes us look better. Skinnies are the way to go. Keep your trailer nice and organized throughout the hunting season. Five dozen per bag. Put them on a shelf. You don't have to worry about them. Uh, all flocked heads for the Canadas, but they've got anything that you need. They've got affordable. Ducks. They're affordable, so you can build a very, very good spread on a budget. Uh, Canada spec snows, mallards, pintails. They've got floaters out now. So um, if you're needing decoys and silhouettes, if you need floaters and silhouettes, 
Look no further than divebombindustries.com. You can't beat them. So might as well join them. They're going to be here for a while. We love them. Also, we're brought to you by Shin Gear Waiters. Jeff has got him a pair of Shin Gear on the way. Yes, going to wear them this year. We got we got water filled teal. up some spot. Going to do some teal hunting, help with the grandkids. So got me some fat boy waiters. Cannot wait to try them on. I will give you my testimonial on waiters. You know how I think about waiters. Yeah, if, if, if they pass the Jeff Stanfield test, they make a good waiter. Yes. I have worn them. The boot is phenomenal. The, the upper, uh, the material that it's made out of, nylon, it's tough. It's durable. And the best part is if you accidentally snag a piece of barbed wire and rip it, you send it back to Shin Gear, they get it fixed, and they send it right back out to you. They've added to their lineup, though. They're not just a waiter company anymore. They've got jackets, uh, waterproof jackets. They've got pullovers. They've got all sorts of stuff. You just got to go check them out at ShinGear.com. I am personally looking forward to the uh, over-under. Jacket goes on. Waiters go over those. And uh, you're not going to add a whole lot of bulk by wearing that jacket in waiters. You don't need to be looking like the Michelin man out there in the marsh with a big heavy jacket but it's going to be keep you warm so check them out for all the new products that they've got because they've got a lot of them also we are brought to you by alpha outdoor specialties they're a fabrication shop so you got an idea you send it to them and they can make it uh they've made the stanfield stool and they are coming up with the blind caddy that is going to hook into uh, a-frames everywhere that way you can have you a nice little desk in front of you in those a-frames have have somewhere to put some stuff other than that cold, wet ground. So Alpha Outdoor Specialties, they've been, uh, they were at Delta. So I'm sure you saw them if you were at Delta. Great people over there and um, they can make whatever you're needing. Uh, we're also brought to you by the Lucky Duck, maker of the best A-frame, the two by four blind and the best spinners that are on the market, all waterproof. We use them every day. And you said they got a new turret. They got like a little, they got a new swimmer decoy out there. Makes a, it's a based off of a propulsion system, makes a hell of a little ripple. So those calm days where water's not, where your water's not moving and your decoys are just laying there, put this bad boy out there, swim through your decoys, create ripples and natural movement. All movement is not created equally. So you want natural bird movement to, uh, help entice those wary ducks. Um, Check them out, luckyduck.com, and uh, whatever you're needing, they got it. Whether you're looking for uh, A-frame spinners, if you're a varmint hunter, they got all sorts of stuff for you. So check them out, luckyduck.com. Also, we're brought to you by Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, Mr. Rebel and Logan. Put on a hell of a show. Don't call Logan, though. He, he's got a baby now, so if you're stranded in the middle of Missouri, don't, don't call him. Don't be expecting a hotel room no, for the night at his house. Not, don't, don't, don't do that. But, calls you the next morning and says, oh, did you need something? Oh, well, yeah, we needed a need? place to About sleep. About six hours ago, Logan. Um, go check them out. You can donate to their Patreon account. They have uh, different pricing for different levels, but you pick which level you want and donate to their Patreon, and you will get their entire library of shenanigans over there. They do bourbon reviews, and they're a lot of fun to listen to. Please, please purchase it. Little baby Stella's gonna need to go to college one day. That's right. That's right. So go check them out. Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Uh, we're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. That's how we start our morning out here every single day with the Missouri Boat Ride Blend or Morning Wood. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. I had it every morning in Minnesota. It was you had a Morning chilly. Wood every day. No, I actually had Morning Wood, but I also went and had Missouri Boat Ride. I like Morning Wood, though. Morning nice. Wood was good. It's yep. nice. A lot of you guys don't experience Morning Wood any other way, so... Yeah, they're getting older. You know, Dirty Duck Coffee is the only time you get to experience Morning Wood. Um, great coffee, and it's the way to start your day. But it's, it's, it's fantastic. They've also got incredible merchandise. They've got a very, very cool uh, coffee mug. So it's on their website. Go check it out. And uh, you should start your day with Dirty Duck Coffee. 
Also, we are brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey, Mr. Brandon Bing. He's actually got new music coming out, too. So if you're a country music guy, check out Brandon Bing's music. He drops his new album, I think, in two weeks. Uh, fantastic whiskey. It is off over here. Every time I take a little nip of it whenever the podcasts are getting extra long, but it is not for the faint of heart. Bangtail embodies a select few who believe in hard work and relish in the opportunity to take a step back to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Whether relaxing for a midweek swallow or communing on the weekend with quality people, Bangtail is sure to provide a truly unique and tasteful experience time and time again. With deep southern roots, Bangtail provides a first-class handcrafted whiskey experience. Pour a jigger of Bangtail and enjoy. Must be 21 years or older. Also, we are brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 85 years, they have been putting ducks back in the sky for us selfish duck hunters. And 80 cents out of every dollar that is donated to Ducks Unlimited goes back to the ducks. You don't even need to say nothing else, just Ducks Unlimited. Everybody knows what it is. It's that time of year. The first big event of the year is out. It's the National Trip Auction. It can be found at www.ducks.org backslash nta it closes this saturday night eight o'clock all kinds of trips on there to have you can get ski trips fish trips trips for vrbos anything that's on that you can imagine you can buy right there on that and that's the national trip auction at ducks.org back backslash nta okay we're also brought to you by double t british kennels if you are needing a dog for this coming waterfowl season they can hook you up over there at double t british kennels uh, quality dogs, you know, that every British that I've ever been around has just been a sweetheart and a hell of a hunter. They, they've got dogs at every level. You can get mm-hmm. a puppy from them. You can buy a started dog. You can buy a finished dog. Good citizens. You know how the British are. They're very, they're very polite. So check them out at double T British Last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield hunting outfitters and the books are filling up very, very quickly. So if you are needing dates, I have get on the ball in November. I have. The Monday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving open. In December, I have the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before Christmas open. And I actually have the 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th open. Oh. And then in January, I've got a few dates here and there that open. And I actually have the third weekend in January, I believe, open also still. I there had, you go. I had a group move of hunt, so that's open. Anyways, check us out. We Dove have no, season, no, don't even call. Unless you've got a private group of 30 people and you can do a weekdays in October, I don't have anything available. So anyways, thank, thank you for everything you do for us. We appreciate y'all listening to us. We appreciate the downloads from the podcast to the first family of Waterfowl. We will be shooting season two starting in about a week. Next week at this time, we will be filming season two. God bless y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by the owner of Lucky Duck, Mr. Tim No, and we go over uh, everything Lucky Duck, everything that they've got coming out this uh, this hunting season, and a lot of fun. So we hope that you enjoy it, and go check them out, luckyduck.com. they got a lot of great stuff. Here we go, Tim No. Three, two, one. Boom. 
and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Lucky Duck, home of the best spinners you can get, and by far the 2x4 blind, the way to go. Comfort. All of their motion decoys. I got to tell you, Tim, you go ahead and introduce, I guess. I, I guess I spoiled the surprise. You kind of stepped on my feet there, so you go ahead and do the introduction, <laughs> Mr. Man. The uh, the owner of Lucky Duck, Mr. Tim, knows on with us today, so we're lucky to have you. I got to tell you what I was going to say, that, uh, that, that swimming decoy, that, that looks like a game changer. Yeah, thanks for having me too, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. Um, that our new super swimmer. Yep. For this year, definite upgrade to what we've had, and and I think the best swimmer on the market. So it's a cool deal. It is. I saw. Uh, well, of course, I saw it at Game Fair, and then um, there were, somebody took some drone footage of it, like in on like an actual body of water, not just in the little swimming pool. I it it looks phenomenal. The wake that it makes, like everything, looks natural. Yeah, it, it is very natural. That's what we were going for is, you know, that water motion is so key today and making it more natural than anything. And that, especially in the woods, um, it, it's just a dynamite decoy. We, we were using a bunch of them last year and you could set out 10 of those in the woods and no other decoys at some some points. And it was it was cool. Well, every, we, we talked about it on the podcast when we came back from Game Fair where we saw them at and... I had three messages the day that podcast come out. Guys mm-hmm. wanting to know the name of it. So you're already getting some attention on it already. So I'm assuming the sales have been really good on it so far. They have. You know, we've we had some allotted for our website. Those are gone. And a bunch of our retail partners have them. Um, so they're out there and they're selling well. People have definitely heard about them. Um, we're excited for it this year. It's a like I was saying that on the water motion has become so important in duck hunting. Um, and you know, spinners are important, especially in a field. Like you got to have those in a dry field, mm-hmm. but you get in water and that on the water motion is critical. Um, and so our swimmers, our agitators, those are really been key uh, products for us the last few years. And guys really liking those. Well, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, the the body motion, like it, it's a beautifully designed decoy. Like it looks, the decoy itself looks phenomenal. It's got a high head, and it it looks great. Just the decoy itself. You know, and one of the keys too to that you hit on a little before was the wake it gives off. Yeah, and we intentionally had the the front of that weighted the way it is, so the kind of the breast of that decoy is is sitting a little lower in the little forward, if you will. So when it's moving, it's pushing water too, and you can get that V that comes off the side of it. Um, just looks extremely natural. Um, but that was a critical piece of the development of it. It was, yeah, we can make things move around, but how do we kind of displace water too? Right. Well, when when I looked at that picture right now, if if I did not know that you had the super swimmer, and I saw that picture, I would have thought someone took a picture of a Mallard Drake swimming in your decoys. The the, the when the one where he's swimming at me, and there's and and the the spinners behind him and you got just regular decoys in front of him because of what you said, the breast sits down in the water. Decoys don't do that. They all sit up on top. That's the way a real duck swims, just like that super swimmer. And it looks phenomenal. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're right. You're spot on that. That was a huge part. And there are little details like that, that you watch for and look for. And um, I think, I think our development team did a really nice job on that. Yeah. I mean, usually you can tell a decoy. Right. That doesn't look like a freaking decoy because of the way it sits down. And I've never thought about that until you done that. All decoys set up set up higher than real ducks do. 
All decoys do, unless you got one that's been shot a few times and they ride a little too low. <laughs> but that one looks so phenomenal and it looks so realistic and it's going to kill a lot of birds over that stuff. Mm-hmm. Be, be prepared for the state of Louisiana to say, nope, you can't use them here. It's too deadly. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, d- Did y'all have a swimmer before this one? We did. And it was... Um... We, it was called our super swimmer. Um, this is our super swimmer HDI. So the HDI talks about the lithium ion, high de- highly defined, a lot of detail. Um, but our old one had a smaller pump in it, and it was just much more of a little, real su- subtle swimming motion, mm-hmm. which was all right. Um, but this, we upgraded the pump. It's the same pump we use in our agitators, um, you know, high output bilge pump, if you will, that's specifically made for our decoy and to be weighted the correct way. Do you, I mean, I'm sure you've got other products that are, that you're, you're eyeing at designing and stuff, but how much more stuff can we put on decoys and how much more motion can we create in the spread? That's not already that you guys don't already have out. Yeah. Well, there's always something, right? I like, guess. And that's part of our job too. And is to create cool, new and innovative things. Um, you know, that work and help hunters, you know, be more successful in the field. Like that's our ultimate goal. Um, so, but there's all, you know, we're constantly talking about how do we, how do we make things either better or something that's not out there um, that is, you know, totally new. Uh, so it's, it, but to your point, it can be challenging, right? Because there's people have been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, how do you keep making things better? But you go back to, gosh, you go back to a fishing reel, right? Like fishing side, I love fishing. That's always something I always relate hunting to. And I mean, the principles of a fishing rod reel have been the same for a long, long time, but they've gotten better and better and better and better. Well, that's true too. Well, you've got, you've got two products that, I, that just right here, we talk about the HDI, this, the swimmer, that's completely different than anything we've got anywhere. Nobody's got one of those out there. That's one. And then... The two by four blind y'all did, y'all took just a willow blind everybody was building and you put a base for it that's out of this world. So two simple concepts have completely changed the way people hunt. We it's changed the way we hunt. Ever we very seldom don't use the two by four blind now. I mean it's the way we yeah, go. But, and there's you know and that's a good example too. That two by four is a good example of making blind like a, our blind better. And man, let's just make it super easy. Walk through, walk through design, right? Like don't have to duck under any bars. Like that was one of the requirements was it has to be easy to go in and out of, right? You can't, I've had so many friends, hunting buddies that are, that are older, um, that they don't want to get on their knees and duck under a bar, crawl through a blind, um, just to get into it. Like that was, that was a big piece to it. And then the other, um, piece to it was just making it. 10 feet long so we can really fit four guys in there. Like it's comfortable for four guys to hunt out of, um, simple things, uh, make using thicker tubing. So it's durable. Like let's, let's build something, you know, that, that will last seasons. So that was, you know, those kind of details and just thought processes of how are we going to make this thing much more, much better, which, um, to your point, those two products, a swimmer and the, uh, two by four are really good examples of that. Well, you can f- fit four fat ass guys in a blind, and that makes it a lot <laughs> not, a lot more comfortable. Plus, it's making it more social. 
Like when you hunt separate in a layout blind, you can't visit with a guy sitting two spots over for you because you can't hear nothing. Or if, if you're like me, you can't. But when you got everybody in a blind, you can visit more. It's just a yep. lot more enjoyable. It's made hunting a lot. Waterfowl hunting is a social sport anyways. I mean, it. I mean, everybody wants to go have a good time and sit with your buddies and cut up and talk about stuff. And that makes it easier with the two-by-four blind. And I, I tell guys yep. all the time, yep. that's the way we go. That's the way we're going to roll most of the time. And you're so you're so right on that from a, just the waterfowl sport in general, right? Is it's a social for the most part, it's pretty social. And that's a huge differentiator between I mean, I love hunting deer. That's fun. I go sit in a deer stand um in November. Love doing that. But it's not social, right? Like and I would to me that's one of the best things about duck hunting and goose hunting is you can rip it up with your buddies, have a good time, um, still shoot birds. Uh, it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's one of the best aspects of our sport. Yeah. What, uh, do you deer hunt? Do you kill a big deer every year or is it, or are you more of a casual deer hunter or is it something that's I'm like definitely truly into more it? casual just from a time perspective? Uh-huh. Like I probably get in the stand five, six times a year. I think last year I was probably in a deer stand maybe six times and probably hour to two or maybe two hours a piece. So it's like, man, I run out of here from work real quick and maybe I can get in for an hour before dark or hour before I come to work in the morning or two hours or something like that. Um, but it's hard, right. With fall because, uh, waterfall hunting, that takes up a lot of time. Uh, I love fall fishing too. So I do some of that. And, uh, and then there's this thing called kids mm-hmm. that takes up, most of your time <laughs> and then obviously work. So, um, you just got to prioritize and do what you can do. We were just talking today. So today it's Tuesday of the recording. Well, this, this will come out on Wednesday, but, um, we just finished opening weekend of dove season. And, um, like on Saturday or Sunday, we were like, you know what? We ought to take the kids hunting this week sometime. And we filmed it. Well, no, 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 no. We, we ought to take the kids filming during the week when we don't have any hunters here. So, uh, yesterday was uh, Labor Day. We had a football draft. Uh, and then, like you said, today, my oldest has football practice, flag football. Tomorrow, we got something. And then Thursday, something else. And then Friday, we, we start with hunters again. But it's just like, there's no time. There's no yep. time when you have kids. You, you made time Saturday because we're, we're filming the season two. And we did a family hunt. Grandkids, right. kids, and did a hunt. Showed, you know, shot over the lucky ducks, shot with boss shells, doing all of that stuff. But when you're in the hunting business, everybody thinks you hunt all the time. You very seldom get a hunt. The guy that works eight to five for somebody else is the one who gets to do all the hunting, it seems like. Well, and I mean, we did hunt Saturday, but it was like a leftover kind of spot that may or may not have dove on it. We didn't hunt anything that would, you know, keep the grandkids interested. But we were going to take a spot that was pretty good and hunt it like Tuesday or Wednesday. That way, it'd have plenty of time to rest for the weekend. And it just, it ain't gonna happen. Too busy. It's hard. It's hard. Yep. And your your kids are probably you know like mine too. They're in that kind of that middle school, high school, you know, even like later fourth, fifth, sixth grade time frame. Like from seem like from fourth grade to high school, it's like if they're in any kind of activity, sports, dance, whatever it might be band like it's i mean they're busier than heck yeah and staying has, on top of your schoolwork and all that 
Andy hasn't got even busy yet. He's got a he's got a son in first grade, second, second grade. grade, oh, second but grade. I'm a terrible flag, grandpa. But there's flag football, right. And then, um, but it's not as busy as it's yeah. going to be in three or four, oh, or five hell. years when no, you got two no, of them no, doing no, shit. Right? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't. Know it's how. just starting for you. Yes. I had this conversation today, and you, that scares you, me. You go from the kids <laughs> in second, third, fourth grade, and you get busy, and you stay busy with them, and you go all the way through high school, and your whole world and life is consumed about what's going on in your children's lives. And then all of a sudden, your kid goes off to college, and you're like, you look at your wife and thought, "Who are you? you know, <laughs> do I know you? Because yeah. you look, you're not the same one 20 years ago that I married. You know, you're a different, you're a different model. I'm a different model now. What's going on here? And you got to know that person again because your whole life has been around what your kids do. Everything in your life functions around your children almost until they're gone, and then they're gone. And it's like, oh shit. Yep. And my my hunting partner is um, just getting to that point now where he's got a senior in high school and a uh, sophomore in high school and his senior, you know, he's leaving, should be going to college this, this summer or next fall. And, um, you know, it's his last year. And that's what they, they talk about every day is they're like, what are we going to do? Like, we've got like one year left with her and, you know, two more years left with our other daughter. And it's like, what are we going to do? <laughs> You're going to fight over stupid shit and then go do things that you've wanted to do forever. It take, I think it takes the average person, the the after Christmas, the first kid coming home for Christmas that first year, to realize, you know what? It's time for them to go do their shit. We're going to go do our stuff because your kids will mess up the whole feng shui at the house that you have. They mess with the TV controller, the <laughs> thermostat, their shit in the refrigerator that's there all the time for you to eat. You go there and it's freaking gone because they ate it at midnight when they come in and stuff. So... When your kids come to visit for the first time, you're love them and love them. About the fourth time they come visit, you're ready for them to fucking leave again real quick. <laughs> You'd be surprised how quick they – you get over that shit pretty fast. Well, and that's kind of like our role as parents, right? I, I look at it that way. Is like at some point, we we're, what we're doing now is hopefully building them so they can do it on their own, right? Yes. And so to your point, it probably is a, a kind of a eye-opener when they come back for the first time after being gone and you're kind of like, Hey, wait a second. Now I, I am ready for you to be gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it don't take long. You might be really sad that first time when they drive off, man, all three boys, when they left to go off and they got in the car and they drove off or we left when we moving them into college, bald, like freaking babies. Both of us did the whole time, man. Now they come home and we ball like hell when they get there and we're jumping up and down happy about 12 hours later. If they leave right then, it don't, <laughs> it, it does not take long for them to wear their welcome out. They don't want to be in your life much more than you want them to be in your life other than to see them for a little bit. And it's it, it's really weird how that happens. And everybody I've talked to is the same way. It just, they just you, you get a schedule built around, and you, you get acclimated to them not being there again. See, and that's hard for me to imagine because I've got a 7-year-old and a 4-year-old. Oh, you'll, well, be, you'll be sick of their shit one day. Well, uh, the 7-year-old, that, that's coming up probably pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> he turned into a teenager overnight, and I don't know where the hell that happened. But he's smarter than y'all are. That's the problem. He's really smart. It's something I don't know, but you know, you nurture these little shits, and they're you know they're you're everything to them, and they're everything to you for a while, and then you you see it. I've seen it more this year with my oldest son. Like I said, he's in second grade, and like they we're starting to kind of he's starting to come into who he is as a person more so of. You know, the four-year-old is just whatever the hell we make him. He's just he, – the four-year-old's a ton of fun. And that's another thing that's hard with the seven-year-old is the four-year-old's so much fun and the seven-year-old's an asshole 
well, like, I'm not going to treat you that great if you're an asshole. So you've already developed a favorite one. That's bad, Andy. Not a that's favorite. Oh, it's that's just favorite. I can tell. Favorite of the time. Yeah, I hope you don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I heard somebody say they had they have five kids, and they said we have Oof. we have three kids too many, and depending on the day, is uh, I can tell you which three. <laughs> that's a good deal. So. Tim, how'd you get into Lucky Duck? I mean, did you wake up one day and say, you know what, I won't be in the spinner business? I mean, how, how did this all come about? It's kind of funny how things work. I was working, um, my background is in like accounting, finance, business in general, working for a couple larger accounting finance firms. And this company that had already existed, uh, was called Expedite International, which is our our legal name, if you will. Um, and they were a client of the firm I was working at and just from where I, where I lived and they were in the same town where I lived. And so I was asked to work on that account and manage that account. And that's how I got to know the original owners of Expedite and over time developed a relationship with them and eventually went to work for them. And then uh, in 2000, that was probably 2010, um, Went to work for him, and then after a couple of years of that, um, me and my current partner bought them out and the original owners out, and have been running with it ever since. Now, what did they have for when you came on board? They had a brand called Edge Innovative Hunting, um, which had the Lucky Duck Spinner was the product, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they had some other motion decoys. That was kind of their specialty was motion decoys kind of like it is today for us but um we revamped everything changed the brand name to lucky duck um kudos by the way that's much better than uh expedite yeah yeah thank you um <laughs> i think you know lee uh with boss he was a big help in that whole process um he helped us tremendously through that process and um so you know a lot of that that uh, foresight too goes out to him and helping us in that process and being a part of it. So it was a good decision to move on from that and, and kind of create our own identity and, you know, rework products and made products better and more innovative. And that was kind of our focus. Um, you know, the duck, duck side is important, uh, very important to us. Um, but, you know, we've got, you know, equally as important as our predator calls. Um, getting into that business and really learning that business and understanding it and partnering with the right people. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really important part of our overall business. Um, and then we've gotten into dog kennels too, you know, for the, the -hmm. sporting dog world. Um, and that's been, um, a learning curve and working with the right people in the industry. And I feel like we've really got three distinct businesses that are are really strong from, you know, the waterfall side, the predator side and the, uh, the kennel side, the, the predator calls. I don't think people really understand how big that business is because in Texas now, and Texas is different than a lot of States. I'm saying this, we have varmint contests. They have in January, February, and March in every weekend, you can go somewhere within about 150 miles where we live and go to some kind of varmint contest. And some of these contests will have three and 400 teams in them. That's a lot of yep. people that are varmint hunting, a lot of them. And they have some paydays. I think San Angelo, I think someone won forty, fifty thousand $50,000 for the biggest bobcat this year. Right. I mean, it's crazy mm-hmm. the money that they pay to win these things. And they're in, in Oklahoma, I know they have them. Uh, they're all over the place. 
But there, there are a lot of people that varmint hunt, and that's their main thing is just to shoot varmints. We've got a big time. Yeah, we've we got a friend of ours, Clay Reed, that's on the podcast. Him and his goal is to shoot a coyote every day. And what's he up to right now? Two hundred and two eighty-seven. Two eighty-seven. He's killed a coyote two hundred eighty-seven days in a row. Wow, that's well, great. Not straight. He had a couple of days that he missed, but in the in the year, his obviously, you know, there's going to be some days, but I think he's only missed like a day or two. Um, I know nothing about the the varmint hunting world. So, I'm, okay, that's what I was looking at. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. Um, the the raccoon that tackles the the freaking uh, call. Which one was it? Do you know off the top of your head? I can't really tell. It might be in the description. It was either the revolt or the or the um, revolution. It's one of those two, I believe. That little bastard yeah. was coming full force. Yeah. Yep. It that or raccoons, like you know, we think of coyote hunting as like some people have never heard of coyote hunting, right. and they're like, really? But um, mo- most people kind of are into that now. But the raccoon pieces. <laughs> People, a lot of people have no idea about that. Like, talk about something super fun to do, and those they get totally aggressive. Uh-huh. Just well, like you were mentioning, like they'll they'll just come after it. I've never seen a raccoon do that in my entire life. That's ridiculous. How just piss, pissed off he was, and what I mean was it all just a territory dispute? Like, what gets a raccoon that fired up? They're meat eaters. <laughs> you can play like a like a raccoon fight sound. Yeah. And they hear that and they'll come out of the woodworks for that. Oh, I didn't like, know that. What is going on? And they'll just, it drives them nuts and you can hunt them. And I mean, sometimes there's these old abandoned houses and all of a sudden you see these raccoons popping their head up out of the window, <laughs> broken windows. And it's the weirdest thing ever, um, but Guys get a kick out of it. I, I mean, it's fun to do. I'm gonna try we're, that. We're gonna have to do that. We, there, there's a bunch of old abandoned houses here. Yeah, your call. It's we we have the. I don't know which one it is that we have here. And I'm telling you, I my the rebel. my guys use that all no. the time in the evening. They 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 all the time. Who's got the call? Who's got the call? And they will get the call. And they go out Maybe, and they make a call all the right. time. But I'm gonna do the raccoon one. And I'm gonna tell you what, a coon's an aggressive damn animal. I came home I one night. <clears throat> I come home one night. And my and we had a German Shepherd at the time, and she she meets me at the back gate, and she, and I start walking around the corner, and she goes in front of me, and all of a sudden she comes running back, and this mama coon is on her ass, and the mama coon and her babies were in our backyard, and they were eating dog food out of that dog, and they they'd whip that dog's ass off its own food, like you're a fucking German Shepherd, kill that damn thing. <laughs> yep, you know our our couple of our uh, main predator guys, one Rick Paulette who. Um, does all our sounds and is really he's a big part of the overall process of making calls um and then jeff nemnich who's you know kind of our lead you know pro staff professional guy he also hosts the last stand for us which is a predator show that we do on youtube um those two guys you know two of the best coyote hunters in the country and They'll sit there and every year they want to make sure we do at least one raccoon episode because they have so much fun doing it. Like, it's like, I don't care what we're doing. We're making sure we're doing that one raccoon episode because for them, it's just like kids in a candy store. Like, it's just right. super fun. Yeah. The the one thing that I really like that you guys do, and, and there's a ton, but the, it's the dove spinners. 
I love the dove spinners. People don't, and, and dove hunting in Texas is huge. Like it's a, it should be a state holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you get, you guys have so many different, uh, takes on the dove spinner. You got the rapid flyer, you got the, you got the triple play. Um, I'm assuming you could put like dove, dove decoys on that. It says it's for pigeons, but mm-hmm. you could put dove decoys on there, but and for people sure. people don't know how good dove spinners work either. Like they'll come in like ducks. They are. Oh my gosh, yes. Like you want those out there. But it's and dove, you're right, dove hunting down south is way different than dove hunting up north. Mm-hmm. Like I I equate it to exactly how you described it. Like up north, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, in Michigan, like deer hunting deer opener is like the it's a it's a it's a holiday right like some kids don't even go to school right right and down south it's like reverse like dove opener is that's the family tradition um you know it's a it's a big party it's a it's a event and it's just totally different how it is you know versus in the north versus the south um but having a spinner or two or three or four they are critical to having a lot more fun on dove shoots. We've got guys that'll stick out a spread. We'll have a guy that'll have 15 spinners and 25 decoys on the ground or on the fence around him. I mean, he's got his own, mm-hmm. his own flock built right there. And, them, the, and yep. now what, what I always find funny about this is the camouflage. You don't have to wear a freaking camouflage to shoot a damn dove. Mm-hmm. You also don't need a blind. You can sit in your truck or sit at next to your truck. The best blind in the world is to put your truck on the west side of you, sit in the shade when it's hot, and have about a dozen spinners in front of you. Those doves don't even notice there's a truck there. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They're landing in the backyard drinking out of my swimming pool five minutes before we're shooting at them sometimes. So mm-hmm. they're not bothered by people that much. But, man, spinners make all the difference in the world, and – like you said, opening day of deer season up north, I'll bet you <clears throat> that there's, in Texas, if we have a half million hunters in Texas, 250,000 of them dove hunted opening day or opening weekend this year, easily. And I don't even know what the numbers would be, but half of whatever our state licensed hunters are all hunted this weekend, one time or another to go shoot dove. And it's yeah, er, that's er, insane. Every little town you go to, if you're at the Allsup's, which is our convenience store, our come and go, or whatever y'all have up there, the same thing. If you're there at five thirty to six thirty in the morning, every other v, no hell, I'm gonna say more than that. I'm gonna say eighty percent of the people that come through the doors were going dove hunting with camouflage on. By it, it's just it's a huge thing in the South, and I don't understand why it's not more popular up north. Is well, y'all open big goose season and stuff on September first yeah. at the same time, so it's competing against other things in Texas. You're competing against slapping mosquitoes on the coast, sweating your ass off playing golf, or going dove hunting. That's it. Yep. Yeah, like, so what, what was the temperature for opener? We weren't bad. We were Opening bad. day, it was rainy and uh, 80, 75 degrees all day. Mm-hmm. We were cool opening day. Now, it got hot Saturday here. It was 95 degrees here Saturday. Yes. It's supposed to be 98 this weekend, which is normal. Hundred. I've seen it at 110 or 112 opening day of dove season. I've seen it 70 like it was. Here opening day was in the seventies and cool and rainy, which we had a really cool last two weeks of August. But but it's, I was, it's warm. Now. I was sitting. We had talking about um, openers and competing time with Dove. Like our teal opened September first up here. Oh, I didn't know that. So I was sitting in a 
our little duck blind teal hunt September 1st, swatting mosquitoes. I think it was 80, 82 degrees or something like that. So it was, and that's, that's hot for September 1st. We have, we have a lot of teal right now that are here. We got a lot of numbers, but we had some little cool area, but it's supposed to warm up for our opener. And this year is the first year we didn't hit, somebody didn't kill a rattlesnake on a dove hunt that I know of. Cause we always kill a rattlesnake here opening weekend of dove season. Somebody does. Sometimes we kill them on our teal hunts. That's not fun either. I, do you, no. Do you kill any rattlesnakes while you're teal hunting up there? No. <laughs> do you even have rattlesnakes up there? Do you have easterns? Mm, there's maybe a few, some of the bluffs and stuff, but not nothing like you guys have. Well, we don't have them under every tree. That's what everybody thinks. You know, oh, you walk, especially. Do I need snake boots? Well, I mean, it, it's not going to hurt there. nothing, but you don't have to have them. What do you do about yeah. your rattlesnakes? Well, you can take them home with you if you like them or kill them. We don't, you know, I get rid of every one of them. I, don't, I could care less if we ever had a rattlesnake. Yeah, uh, that's probably the one one of the most like fear like i do not like snakes hate <laughs> I, don't, them. I don't either <laughs> I, I don't like them but you, you know what y'all have that we don't have that scares me is bears because i've never been around them so i expect every one of them's a grizzly bear that's fixing to come try to eat my ass yeah and most right. bears that's, are that's scared so of you that's so. so true what you're used to right yes you know yeah. wild, wild pigs we got wild pigs everywhere and everybody thinks they're going to attack somebody and they, they run, you know, they don't come at you. I've just always, you know, it's like you said, like you all, it's just what you're conditioned to. I've always just kind of known when I was turkey hunting to be watching for rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. And when you're out there long enough, you start to kind of push those things away, just like you are with the bears. Like, I'm sure if I hunted up there, that's all I'd be thinking about is when the bear is going to come get me. But when you're out there more and more, you just kind of push it, push it down, push it down. But I don't yep. like snakes either. I they nothing about them is good for me ever so how <laughs> how's the supply line chain we getting we have all the products we need are we waiting on stuff or do you have everything in stock right now yeah the supply for the most part is really really good yep there's a few things we're short on right now that we have more coming but it's 99% good like way better than last year I think for a lot of people, I've talked to a lot of people in the hunting space, outdoor industry, and we all kind of have the same thought. Like it was, it was, it was our best year ever. I think it was a lot of people's best year ever, like as far as product moving. Um, But it was the most stressful year ever because (laughs) of the supply chain issues. It was, I mean, crazy, crazy hard. And um, that's worked itself out um, where I think we're, sitting in a much better spot overall as an industry and just society in general, things are moving a lot better right now in from the supply chain point of view. Why do you think that it was your best year ever? Do you think people were finally like COVID's in the rear view and let's just get on with our life and start going hunting again? Or what do you, what do you attribute it to? Um, I think part of it was even 2020 was a good year. People were out, you know, they could be outdoors doing things. Um, it's very true. What a lot of the, what has been written is, you know, people have weren't going out to eat as much, weren't going on vacations as much, you know, long ways away, but they, so they were at home more, had more disposable income, um, to spend on goods instead of services and which, you know, okay, I'm from, got more time in my hands. I got a little more money in my pocket. Um, cause I haven't been doing these other things. And so I'm going to go buy decoys or whatever it may be, shotgun shells or, you know, whatever it was. Um, and so that led to a lot of that. Um, I think it's a little different 
now I think it's the great thing about hunting is people are, it's their passion, right? People are still going to do their passions. Um, but, uh, there's more competition for their, I think for their, the money that people do have, like, and maybe people want to get back out on a vacation now and, um, travel somewhere and things like that. And so you're competing more for the, the dollars that are out there. When do you guys, do y'all release, when do you like do your grand, this is the new products for the new year? When, when does that take place? Yeah, typically we'll start kind of doing a few little soft releases in maybe the winter time, January, February, March, kind of, um, coming soon type stuff. And then, uh, like for waterfall hunting, uh, we start July is when you really kind of start seeing a lot of the new, um, promo reels and teasers and things like that, that start coming out and product usually hits the shelves and kind of that July, August timeframe. So, I mean, realistically like uh, game fair for a lot of people was the first time seeing the updated, the upgraded uh, swimmer. Yep. You know, they've seen it online or something like that maybe, but in person it was at game fair. Absolutely. Yep. That was, and that's typically August. You have a lot of these different shows, consumer events that are going on. That's typically for waterfall when you start seeing the new products out in person. Is there like a, is there like a, you know, cause you don't want to mess up the launch of something. Um, is there, so late summer is usually the right time. Cause you know, you always think like, cause shot show was, that was always in what, February or it is in February. January. Yep. January, February. So, I mean, you don't want to have any big news then because everybody's going to forget about it. Right. And that's kind of like where those, because SHOT Show is always like a big media show and, and dealer. Like if you, if you were selling through retail channels, like dealer show, um, but it wasn't necessarily open to the public per Mm se. Um, and so you, people typically show products there. Here's what's coming for, you know, next hunting season. Um, but it just doesn't gain the same, you know, interest, uh, or the same type of promotion that you would before, like in July or August, because exactly your point, people are going to forget about it. You know, I can't buy this for nine months or eight months. Why, why show it to them, you know, in January when you're not gonna be able to buy it till August type of thing. And also someone else can kind of try to copy it and put it out there real fast. Is that, yeah. The- then you give people a little bit of a lead time on it. Right. Yep. For yeah. sure. What, um, you're the you're about our only sponsor we have that still deals with box stores and other outlets to sell stuff. <clears throat> have you noticed you you sell through other outlets and then you sell you can buy direct from you? Is y'all's business picking up more on your own sales or with everybody else's sales? Which 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 market's growing? Your own? Yeah. I w- overall it it is it still kind of holds true with you know, how much business we do online on our own site versus what we're doing through our retail partners, um, much greater through the retail channels that works for us. Um, it's, um, you know, we, a lot of the stuff we have is big boxes and, and, um, a lot of air inside, right. With decoys in general. Um, and so it's, it helps having retail partners from that perspective. Um, because shipping costs can be enormous, you know, right. when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, and the retail partners, we've had, always had a long relationship with them. Um, so we, 
we still value, we value that channel really well, but I understand how some, some products are going direct to consumer and I get it. I totally get that. Um, you know, another hard part with the retail market is you have brands that are already in a retail environment and it's hard to get space in there. You know, retail stores, it's not like they're expanding and providing more hunting space, um, especially in a big box environment. So, uh, it's hard to get space in there. And so if you got an idea or a product and you, you go to and you say, well, I'm just going to do it myself. I understand that. Um, I understand what, you know, why that's happening. The, the direct to market approach is, is crazy because when I first got in the hunt business, you bought through Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops or Max. That was, that was, that was about it. And Knudsen's had a, a deal, but that, that was all there was. There wasn't academies. There wasn't Dick sporting goods or whatever else is selling stuff. But now I have conditioned myself. If I look for any product, I try to buy direct from the manufacturer now, whether it's Columbia or Filson or it's a hunting product. You know, I go, I look straight at the website of the company and try to order it off that. And there for a long time, you couldn't do it. You had to go through a retailer. And I think people like me are getting more conditioned now. If I want to buy something from you, I'm going to go to luckyduck.com. And that's what I do instead of looking at Bass Pro or Max or wherever it is nowadays. And I just, it seems to me like the trend is going more and more towards direct consumer. People, I think in, even just in general online, like people are just way more comfortable with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like online sales have become, whether it's a retailer or a manufacturer, like it's just, you know, every generation now is comfortable doing it. You can be a 80 year old, you know, my grandparents, right? Like 80 some years old and they're comfortable doing that, right? Like it's it's a uh, no big deal. Um, so that, I think that's led into that somewhat too. And then some people do feel like they've got more of a personal connection than to the brand that they're buying is, Hey, I'm buying it directly from them. And I completely understand that. How many people do you know that 10 years ago was buying anything from Amazon? Just 10 years ago. A lot. 10 years ago. They were buying 10 years ago from Amazon. Cause I don't, they were not. no, none. Everybody buys from, I don't know anybody that doesn't buy something from Amazon. Now, if something at my lodge, if, if my food distributor Cisco doesn't have it, we get onto Amazon. I bought all my plates and stuff, my paper goods from Amazon. Cause the quality's better since COVID come, you can't get paper plates or worth a shit or anything. So I buy from Amazon 10 years ago. I didn't buy anything from Amazon. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. I wasn't going to pay $59 a year to be a member to buy something from somebody. And I don't even know if they yep. charge me anymore. We buy enough shit. I don't think they, I don't think I even had to pay a membership fee anymore. Yeah, you Andy said, I do. I don't think I do. do. I don't think so. <laughs> Bezos is one of the smartest men on the planet. You think he's going to let Jeff Stanfield off because he spends enough money? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I haven't paid a, I have an Amazon credit card that's just through Amazon and they haven't charged me in two or three well, years. They've charged you somewhere else. Well, yeah, they charge me every freaking day. The UPS guy came to the lodge mingle and just dropped off a bunch of stuff from boss. And he goes, I got three packages for Amazon for Michelle. Do you want them here now? I said, no, I just have to load them up and take them home. I said, you can just drop them off in town when you go through there. So I didn't want Jack with them every day. And Michelle is one of a hundred people in my town that gets something from Amazon every single day. We fill up a UPS truck, just an Amazon shit. Yep. Yep. It's very true. You know, there's there, the re, you know, your retail partners are and retail stores. Like they do, um, they can do a really good job for you and, you know, ability to have your brand in front of a lot of people. And, um, that's, that's important, um, 
to be able to do that, especially when you want to see and touch a product, right? Mm -hmm. You want to know, you know, try something, let's say, right? Like being able to go and really just feel and touch something and know what you're getting. Um, it's, you know, retail's, retail's alive, but there's no doubt that the, you can do it multiple ways, put it that way. You can sell products multiple ways for sure. And I mean, it just makes sense to, you know, like you guys have, you got a, you got a beautiful website and, you know, people can, people can just go straight to you if they want to. It's handy for us mm -hmm. because we're three hours away from a Bass Pro Shop or a Cabela's. So like, you know, mm -hmm. this whole thing works out splendidly for us. But I could see like if you were, if you had a Cabela's, a neighborhood Cabela's or Bass Pro, which they're all the same thing now anyway, somehow, I don't know. It's weird. But mm -hmm. go and check it out. Look at it, look at it in person before you buy it, and and uh, do it that way. You brought back the goose chair. That, yeah, that is uh, that is a throwback and a half. How how did what did people think about that? Because a lot of the new generation of hunters they haven't ever seen anything like that. Yeah, it's funny because I was just at a show in uh, Wisconsin a couple what, week, two weeks ago, I guess it was now, and a dad and son walked by. You know, son's. 16 and he's you know 50 and he's the dad's like oh i used to hunt out of those something <laughs> like that you know all the time and the yeah. son had no idea um and so it was you could see there's a little educational piece on what you have to do and how it works and that whole deal but it was just an, it's another way of getting you know people in the decoys like getting hunters in the decoys um i maybe just a little different, like they're effective. They work. They've yeah. always, worked. um, you know, we tried to make it so it's a little easier where the, you know, you flip it over and it's not bouncing back on you and hitting you in the head when you're sitting up and put in a little more, you know, some of the better backboard and those feature, um, and comforts to it. Uh, so that was some, and you guys know this, some of these areas you're hunting, like, you have to like, there's not much around you. You have to be in the decoys. Like right. you can't just say, Hey, I'm going to set up a uh, two by four in the middle of the field. And some people do do that, but it's generally speaking, you get around wary birds and you got to be careful. If you don't have like a fence row or something back up to, um, getting in the decoys is, can be really helpful if done right. That's funny that, um, you, you have those. My dad was a, a guy with a lot of ideas. We had, Homemade goose chairs in 1995, 96, probably. And they weighed about 480 pounds a piece, and they were made out of steel tubing. Do you remember those, Andy? No. You don't remember some of them? And anyways, they suckers were heavy, and we had the big 747 decoys with holes cut in them and stuff that we used. And we killed a lot of geese on them, but gosh almighty, they were heavy to deal with. And like you said, you'd flip them up, and you'd come up, and then you'd about get a concussion. The decoy flopped back down on a wind, you know. Because mm -hmm. the wind is always at your back anyway, so you flip it up, and then the, if it's a windy day, it's blowing it right back down on you. But they do work. But it, yours looks a whole lot more comfortable and a lot lighter <laughs> well, than those. Well, did. better put together than I don't know the if they're better put together. The these here, Stanfield. these here could have been a roll cage on a sprint car. I mean, they were heavy, <laughs> but they were so they were too damn heavy. But they were well yeah. built. But it worked. You're right. These, I mean. Yeah, that thing you probably could have dropped off a cliff and it would have been fine. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you'd hit somebody with it, kill them. I mean, it, they, they, they were these there. These new goose chairs, though, you just throw them on your back and it's got a backpack that 
like the board is a backpack, if you will, the, the layout blind that you're laying on, the backboard is a backpack and walk it out right into the field on your back. No big deal. And the geese don't, people don't understand a goose, a, a big decoy does not bother a goose. They don't have, mm-hmm. I say, no, they don't have depth perception. What do you kind of, what kind of eyesight do they have, Andy? They have monocular vision where they can't use both eyes to focus in on the same target. So, so they, they can't tell that you're, uh, that you're they, not they, they, formed they, to size. Well, how would you describe it, Tim? Because it's not, I don't know that depth perception is the right word. Otherwise they'd be crashing when they land. They just mm-hmm. can't tell the difference between an oversized bird and a small bird. Maybe that's it. That, 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 I mean, they don't have any yeah. kind of perception on that. Just like I saw a guy the other day had a big goose decoy that he laid in, set in. He, the whole man sat there, and it encompassed him as a whole go- goose. Well, been down that road before, too. My dad had one of those. Right. But, yep. and, they, and they work. But you just got to worry about some asshole on a highway shooting at the biggest goose out there with a rifle. And that has happened before, so it just it makes things different i got an idea off air i'm going to tell you that will work and no one's ever come up with it and oh it's something that will really help the goose and waterfowl bill deal I'm telling you it's a it's, and it's an easy concept and ron winnicky i told him and he was working on it and then ron died so it's a great concept mm-hmm. randy bart cool. would have made something out of this probably rest in peace randy bart's great guy God bless them. So, but, what 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 is there anything new coming out next year that you can talk about yet? Or I know you got some new stuff coming out. All top secret. Yeah, nothing nothing yet that I'd put out there. Um, but there will be some cool spinner stuff coming out next year. I'll just I'll leave it at that. But some uh, stuff around spinners that I think people will really take notice to. I don't know how y'all do it. Like I said, I would have been tapped out about seven years ago on ideas on what to do. I don't, I, I'm amazed that you keep coming up with new stuff and innovative stuff that works. Two two things before yeah. we get off here I'm going to ask you. First thing I'm going to ask you is, what's it's a new thing I'm going to start asking everyone. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen while you've been out hunting or fishing? Mm. Weirdest thing. Or something you can't explain that you've seen. I'm trying to think. You might have stumped me on that one. Um, Where all are you travel? Are you traveling anywhere this year? Are you going up into Canada while you ponder this question? Uh, no, not going into Canada. Um, we actually, for our, our uh, show to grind, um, the guys are just up there, up there right, right now, actually, um, having some good hunts. I had a family commitment over the weekend that I had to be at. And so, I I chose not to go. Made the right choice, put it that way. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Did the family thing and 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 didn't go hunting instead. But um, my first trip will be North Dakota uh, in October. Do y'all, y'all so go I, there every year? North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's around the same time. Yeah, it's usually the second week of October. How is it so like, you know, we can talk about uh, it it seems like winter is is getting pushed back more and more. Is the weather, have you noticed uh, the weather being warmer every time you go up there or is it usually fairly okay? You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, It's, it just depends. I've had it where it's been colder than normal and warmer than normal. It's funny that we guys... You know, hunters talk about the weather all the time, but, you know, 
temp there's just averages right like the temperature is just an ad like where averages this temperature 60 degrees in october or whatever but that means it's one year it's colder way colder than that and the next year it's way warmer than that and it comes out to average you know in the middle of that right like so i don't know i think sometimes uh even in the last five years it's been wet it's been dry it's been hot it's been cold um no there's no consistency so i can't say that a I've noticed anything warmer all the time. Now, maybe in general, are we a little bit warmer? Like we people talk about, sure, but not where it's noticeable per se on trips. Right. Cause that's yeah. like you said, we all, but I've never thought of it that way. Like for it to be a 60 degree average, that means it's gotta be 75 one year and it's gotta be like 45 or 50 the next year for, for it right. to be at that average. So that, right. make, that makes a lot of sense. All right, my, my last question. Your Super Bowl picks. Mm. <clears throat> Who's going to – my Packers aren't going to do it. We were talking about that earlier. I don't think they're going to be um, be in there. So I got a – I hate to say it, but I got a funny feeling about the Niners. Really? Uh, With Trey Lance? Yep. That Ooh. they're – I think they're going to be – they're going to come out of the West – um, them are the Rams, but I'd maybe be a little different. Go with the Niners. Um, out of the AFC, mm, maybe we'll get a new team in there. Maybe we'll get Baltimore in there. <laughs> huh? Boy, that'll make me eat a lot of fucking crow if Lamar Jackson wins a Super Bowl. <laughs> Jeff's I keep saying Lamar. He, no, I think Lamar Jackson's a great fantasy quarterback, but I think he is a. You don't think he has what it takes to put a whole season together? No, I don't think he's. I don't think he can win in the playoffs because you got to run the ball and you got to be really good with your passing. They can run the ball. I don't think he's that good a passer. I'll have to eat a lot of crow if he does. They have a great defense though. A whole lot. That's the first so, person we've had say Baltimore though. So there you go. You're one on your. You're the only one to do that so far. So what do you think of uh, the Cowboys? What are they going to do this year? I hope they suck. They're going to struggle. They're going to take second in the NFC East. Nine and eight, eight and nine. About the same as they always do, yeah. and then everybody. But I'm telling you right now, if they finish five and twelve this year, or they finish fifteen and two this year, they'll be Super Bowl favorites in Dallas, Texas for next year. Just ask a Cowboy fan, because from February, <laughs> from the end of February through the first of August, they're Super Bowl champs every year. They had a guy run a punt back and a kickoff back in the playoffs or in a preseason game, and Harry that works for us come in. Oh hell yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. Well, we got. Do you see that guy? Ain't nobody else has a guy like that. He ran a kickoff against the second and third string special teams for somebody, but they're Super Bowl bound now. So I, I think Dallas will be just about like Dallas does every year. I think I don't. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I don't think the NFC East second team will. But I, I, my picks are Philadelphia and Sandy or the Chargers, whoever the hell they play are now. That's my picks for the mm. Super Bowl this year: Philadelphia and the Chargers. So you don't think the Chargers? Uh, I am going to. Go out on a limb. Oh, Packers. <laughs> he always goes out on that limb. <laughs> They're going to break my heart again. Packers, Bills, Bills win is my mm. pick. I, I like that Bills pick. I just, the Packers have got to get it right. Like <laughs> the window has, it's all, like there's just a little bitty sliver. Cause from what I understand about Aaron Rodgers' contract is next year, is pretty much it for the guaranteed type stuff. Like after that, and plus like the amount of money he's going to get, I just think that it's this year or bust almost. Mm -hmm. 
We should be a Wisconsin podcast. Do you realize how many guests we have from Wisconsin? That's where the hunting capital of the world is, it seems like. Everybody from Wisconsin's on here. We don't ever have anybody from Wisconsin lately pick the Packers because everyone's brokenhearted right now because every year it's the how, same shit. But we've we've had, and I say we, I'm a Texas Packer fan, but the Packers have had the number one seed two, uh, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've had the best wide receiver in the league. They've had a hell of a run game. They've, they're getting a good defense. And you've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back, and you've won two Super Bowls. Yeah, but <laughs> that doesn't matter. That doesn't that's matter. what drives me nuts is we've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and won two Super Bowls in the last, what, 30 years or yes. whatever yes. it's been. You know another team that's lucky that way? They didn't get Hall of Fame quarterbacks, the but the, Cow- the Cowboys. Cowboys got Tony Romo, who was a very good quarterback, and they got Dak Prescott, who a very good quarterback. But you know what? They've won two playoff games with them. So, see, there you're better off than they are. But they're not Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but they've had two really good quarterbacks for a franchise that hasn't drafted one in the first round. Y'all done a great job trading for Brett Favre, and y'all did a good good job for Aaron Rodgers. I, I think I would not be surprised if Baker Mayfield is a Green Bay Packer quarterback starting next year if Rodgers does hang it up because Mayfield's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he would fit in good in Green Bay. I think people in Green Bay would appreciate him. I think Cleveland screwed up. I think Baker Mayfield's a really good quarterback, and if Baker has a really good year, he's going to cash it in big time this year when he's a free agent. Would you be shocked if he Andy. ended up a Packer, Andy? Yes. You would be surprised? He just he. This is what he does. He just says shit over and over again, and he hopes that it's going to like come. I'm not a Mayfield fan, and I'm you're not a, a Packer huge, guy. You're a huge Mayfield fan. No, but you don't think Ooh. Mayfield's a good quarterback? Decent. Is a free agent next year. Would you rather take Baker Mayfield or some kid out of college that's a freshman? I mean, a senior. A kid or, out of college. A kid out of college. I, I wouldn't. Most of them are bust. Tim, help me. Yeah, I would not take. I don't think I'd take Baker Mayfield either. No, I well, think he's, y'all, there's too much drama associated with him. You've got Aaron fucking Rodgers, and you're talking about drama. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Green Bay's <laughs> I mean, tired Jesus of drama. Christ. Baker Mayfield's at least married to a lady, and does I think I think Aaron Rodgers has probably been catfished like Mantel, Mantel or whatever his name is. Why? I really do. Why? He dated he, he's, Danica Patrick. He's a weird dude. She's not. She's a weirdo. She's a smoke show. I like Aaron Rodgers, but that is a weird fucker that none of us would want to hang out with if he wasn't a quarterback. I would hang out with him. Not if he wasn't a quarterback, you wouldn't. No, you'd be the weird guy that lives down the block that Moses yard with (laughs) knee high black socks. Nope, you. I do do have an answer to your question. Okay, good deal. About the weirdest thing, I guess this was fishing. We were fishing. It was down in Florida, and. We were in the mangroves, kind of the backwaters, right? Mm-hmm. And casting out some sort of shiner minnow or something like that. And this wouldn't be a pelican, but a bird similar to, similar to a pelican came flying down as we're casting a live, live, live bait out, right? Snatched that sucker out of the air and took off with it. And here I'm holding on to the rod. And we were out with a fishing guy from the down there. And this little skiff boat and literally reeled in a flying bird. And he grabs it by its, you know, kind of its neck, unhooks it, lets it go, and there it flies off. Was you, weird thing was you fishing for snook? Yeah, like snook and grouper and... Um, um, just those kind of those backwater fish. That'd be cool. That's Amberjacks. Fun trip right there. Where were you at? Yeah. Uh, Marco Island area. Yeah. Kind of south of Naples away. Oh, okay. Away. Um, yeah. 
Sarecki, he goes down to the Keys every year. That's that's one place that I'd really, really like to get to is the Florida Keys. They sell airplane mm-hmm. tickets there all the time. That's where you ought to go. Take your bride. You surprise her on he the trip. He doesn't understand, Tim. I, I, I guess I don't. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't understand. A what? live pelican. I would have never You've been a fight and never, getting oh, some no bitch shit. off there, boy. Oof, shit all over you. Was he pissed you? off when like you finally got him to the boat? Oh yeah, wings flapping. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know how it is you grab a goose yeah. that's still alive, right? Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's was, they're not tiny animals either. No. No. That was the weirdest thing ever. That sucker would just flew off with the bait. I'm like, well, he, you know, I'm looking <laughs> up and he's probably 20 feet in the air. I'm like, oh my God, what do we do here? He's real man. Real okay. <laughs> Give him some line. Give him some line. <laughs> Work that pole. Keep your tip up. <laughs> you have to keep your tip, tip down up. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tim, bad. we appreciate you being on here, man. We're, we're very proud to be with Lucky Duck as a sponsor. Great, great, great company. Uh, we look forward to it. And if there's anything else we can do for y'all, please let us know. Love to have you come down here and go hunt with us one day. Yeah, would love to do that. Thank you guys for everything, too. You guys do a great job. I know a lot of guys listen to your podcasts, and um, you're doing a great job at it. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. And uh, we can sit in the two-by-four and just uh, we'll be warm. So it'll be great to have you down here. All right, bud, you take care and uh, go, Pat, go. And I'll call you later with the to give you the idea for your next million-dollar deal. Million-dollar idea from Jeff Stanfield. I'll be waiting. All right. We'll talk (laughs) to you, Tim. You have a great day, sir. Bye. Tim, no. We are a Wisconsin podcast. It seems like every other person we have is from Wisconsin. I am Wisconsin, Jeff. Are you? I am Wisconsin. You've never even been to Wisconsin. I am Wisconsin. You are 30 miles from it. It's a good good place, good people, pretty country there, too. I I could live there. I could have me a place there in the summertime. Around that north part, up around Hurley. Woo! Um, if anybody is interested, go to luckyduck.com and you can get everything that they've got online. I'm telling you this, this super swimmer HDI, it's a game changer, realistic wake. I mean, just the way the, the, the decoy moves on the water, game changer, luckyduck.com. Great stuff. Great company. Great people. Okay. We're doing our football picks tomorrow. Yep. With Trevor Shanahan. What's your big what's your big upset for college so far? Anything that you think LSU. They were getting their ass beat anyways the whole game. Yeah, but maybe Coach O wasn't so bad. Maybe not. They hired the I fraud from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame has played Ohio on, State. Has he a good taken game. on a fake accent? Have I heard he that? He tried that. Now he's gonna be back to his other one. Here's what I don't Coach get. Coach O didn't have a fake accent. No, no. Um Mac Brown gives up sixty one points to Appalachia State. And he's dancing like a fucking moron. He's lucky to win. He's happy. You just I agree up, with you. You just gave up 61 points. You're going to go dancing? Listen, he's got Joe Biden's dementia maybe now. He's he's, so? he's down. He's got he's got to be 140. I bet he's younger than uh, Saban. Uh, boy, that's pretty close. And Saban just signed, what, a 10-year deal? What about Pete Carroll? Yeah, but he ain't going to coach 10 more years. I don't think. I don't know. He keeps getting in the door, everybody. I'm gonna tell you Mac what. I Brown, love Mac Brown is 71. Oh, he's younger than I thought he was. Then Lee Carroll's 76 or something. I think or 73. Saban's like 73. Saban 70. Okay, okay. Um, I love my Texas Longhorns. They're gonna get fucking fucked. I'll bet you they get beat. The line's 20. And if it? I was if I was betting on the game, Ooh. I would take Alabama and give up 20 points. I hope I jinxed Bama so much on that, but I do not think that we are gonna be able to play with. Texas going in the SEC in Oklahoma, every week they're going to have to play a football game. 
There ain't there ain't there there isn't any Texas Techs on that schedule when you start going to the SEC. That's now they're you, not at their that's next year, right? I think but they're next playing year. some they're playing, SEC teams this year. No, that's it was just a non conference game. Yeah. Schedule. Alabama always plays Patsies at the first of the year and Saban's like, Texas? Texas? Okay, let's play them. They win five games every year. And Carroll is seventy. So yeah. a couple of, a couple of oldies. Let me see what Saban just signed for. I thought it was 10 years. So Belichick, how old is he, 73? Hold on. One track mind here, Jeff. Uh, new contract. Douglas like. just texted me. He's in Montana. Grouse hunting right now. It's 93 degrees up there today. The deal, which now runs through the 2029 season. So he only signed another eight years, seven years. He, he Ends won. February of 2030. Worth at least a total of $93.6 million. And that is the reason why Alabama will probably win another two national championships in that time. Just two? Well, I'm just giving them two. And Texas will probably win zero in that fine because Texas's Board of Regents about seven, eight years ago decided they didn't want to take a chance on Saban because he was getting a little old. That's what they said? They didn't sign him. They signed that dumbass uh, from Oklahoma or Ohio State. Who did you tell me to look up? Bill? Yeah, Bill Belichick. I think he's 73, maybe. 70. 70. I feel sorry for Bill Belichick. Why? If Bill Belichick would have retired two years ago, he would have been the greatest coach, non-debatable, that ever coached the game. Pride got in the way. He wanted to show everybody he could he do could it do without, without Brady. Tom Brady. That's right. And they make a great team. Brady won one, and a lot of it had to do with Tampa's defense. They wouldn't have beat Green Bay if it wasn't for that defense. Tom, I'm not taking nothing away from Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback ever. But I have a feeling that Tampa Bay is going to end about like they did last year. I just – I don't know. I ta- something's going on with him. It's going to be interesting to see. If he comes out on fire, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and throws for 500 yards and six touchdowns against the Cowboys Thursday nope. night at I all. Would, I wouldn't be shocked if he threw for 225, two interceptions, and a tud. Yeah, I wouldn't either. That's, I mean, I mean we're, we got to get to the point he does – but. Man, he's he's a gamer and a, a contributor, and they do everything they can to help him win. They went and signed Antonio Brown. They got Gronk this year. They went and got Julio Jones. They get and what the fuck are your Green Bay Packers doing? They've done nothing. They didn't try to get Julio Jones. They didn't Jeff, try to do, get anybody. Uh, Jeff, I understand you're you frustrated by that too. Uh, spend the money. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't, you can. I don't think they have any money. To they spend. everybody has money. They figured a way out. One of those rookies for the Green Bay Packers, either that Watson kid or that Dobbs kid, is going to be a big star. Dobbs. One of them, because a good quarterback makes a decent receiver great. We're going to find out how good. he's. Good. Rodgers is going to make somebody rich this year. Yes, he, every time. It might be Lazard. Right. It might be Watkins. Don't forget they got Sammy Watkins, Jeff. We did do something. Why don't they go sign Odell? He just blew out his knee in he's, the Super Bowl. He'll be better in five or six weeks. No. Yep, Jeff. That's a year. You've said it a million times. It takes. It takes. It's a year. two year. It's. It is a two year deal. But and he, he could help blew him. it out in the Super Bowl. Right. It's. It's a two year. The first year. That's why I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a monster year this year. Could be right. He's first. The last year he was coming off. The second year is when it, it when it all comes in. And boy, if Barkley's good, then boy, he's been a steal for some people in fantasy. All right. I appreciate y'all listening. To it. We will have the world famous Trevor Shanahan on with us, and we will do a football. What in the hell's going on with Trevor Shanahan? Trevor will not be the smartest guy in the room this time because I'm going to be here. Would you say he's the second or you, Andy? Trevor's Trevor's wise. So you say he's smarter than you are? 
I didn't say that. Okay. Well, Trevor and Andy will be tied for two. I'm number one. Appreciate y'all listening to us. Thank y'all very much. Hope everybody has a safe, safe, safe hunting season. Be safe this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, go check out Lucky Duck before you leave here. Get whatever you're going to need. Check out Shin Gear. They've got new jackets. Uh, amazing. Good stuff to go look at. Uh, Gundog Outdoors, Pacific Calls, uh, the B.A. Lester Call. Way to go. Boss Shot Shells, you already know. Dive Bomb, you already know. Lucky uh, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, Alf Outdoors, Banktail Whiskey, Stanford Hunting Outfitters, Double T British Kennels, Dirty Duck Coffee, and Ducks Unlimited. 